Hi, everybody. I am Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview lawyers and other experts across the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. I have a wonderful, awesome guest today. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. So if there are people out there that don't know you, which there's fewer and fewer, certainly in the lawyer space day by day, can you give <laughs> us a little bit of your background? Yes. Um, my name is Angela Han, and I am in-house counsel at a healthcare company in the Baltimore area in the state of Maryland near District of Columbia. Um, and I am also a health coach. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of weird when I say health coach because it's like, oh, well, do you teach me how to like lose weight and like eat right or something? Like that's not necessarily what I do. What I prioritize is mental health. And I think under mental health, there's two two kind of like branches. One is the physical health and the other one is the professional health and kind of tying all of that together is emotional health. So all of those things tie in together that make me uh, kind of a not your average health coach. Yeah. And so um, fit to practice is, I know there's a podcast, there's a society, like give me a little bit more of that. Yes. I always forget to mention my podcast because I was kind of pushed into it. I was kind of forced into it. <laughs> So I was failing in my business, like quote unquote failing last year. No, not last, last year, like around 2019, around this time, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. I need to, I probably need to get famous. <laughs> so I, 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 I hired somebody, <laughs> I hired somebody uh, who like said, he's a publicist. So I was like, Hey, um, can you help me be famous? And he's like, well, you got to calm down. You need a, you need to do like, you need to kind of start small. You can't just be on the cover of New York times tomorrow. So uh, let's, let's well, start with that. Could, but probably not for a good reason. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so um, he said, well, why don't you start a podcast? And so I, I said, um, no way. I'm never going to start a podcast. Um, not going to happen because no one's going to listen to me. I have like literally one client and I haven't worked with lawyers yet at that point. And so who like what I have literally no credibility. And he said, well, let, like you don't have to you don't have to have credibility just yet. You just need to have conversations. And so um, I still said no, like several times. And he kept like pushing me again and again and again. And then I finally did it. And I launched I think around May of 2019. And actually about half a year into it, around the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, like right before the pandemic, I was about to go on maternity leave too. And so I was like, okay, um, I don't think my podcast is going anywhere. He <laughs> was listening to it. Uh, I still don't have any credibility. And so why don't I just record a bunch of episodes just to last me through my maternity leave. And um, when I come back, I'll, I'll fold. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, at the beginning of the pandemic, it kind of took off. And now I'm like, okay, I guess I guess I'm doing it now. And so that's why I always forget to mention my podcast, because it was never really my idea. Like I like I love to teach people, like you got to believe in yourself. But sometimes you need somebody to believe in you for you. And I just I love that. It's like, yeah, you know, this is never going to work. Let me shoot a couple episodes, get through maternity leave. And the next thing you know, boom, it's it's the go-to podcast. And I just, the fit to practice, I think is so cool because it, it, it's appeals to lawyers from the perspective of like mentally fit to practice. It goes into the health fit to practice. I mean, I just, you, you really have a great name that I, as a fan of sort of those dad joke 
low-hanging fruit puns. I'm in. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So today we're going to talk about creating your dream life as a lawyer, a thing that is near and dear to my heart. A, um, you know Regina Edwards out of Atlanta? She's a family oh. attorney. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she was actually, I think she was on my podcast. Oh, well, there you go. So she yeah. has the best line. So somebody said like work-life balance. She's like, no, it's life-work balance. And I was like, that is exactly the mind that I want to take into this. Uh, so before we dive into that, uh, once we're done with this, if people want to listen to the last episode of the show, it aired on Monday with BJ Bernstein. We'll have the link in here talking about Zoom advocacy. So for any lawyers looking for how to do a better job presenting their case virtually, digitally, remotely, whatever you want to call it. That was a great episode with BJ. But I am excited selfishly to talk with you about creating your dream life as a lawyer. So if if a lawyer woke up this morning or listens to this and goes, oh my God, like now start, I need to create my, my dream life. What's the first thing that they need to do? Well, I would ask like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do right now? And because like, I don't think we necessarily kind of get excited about something out of nowhere. I think when we're excited about something, like you wake up really excited because there is certain, there's something going on that you're excited about, whether it's like a flight to a wedding. I don't know. I don't know if anybody is excited for flights to weddings. <laughs> um, it depends upon if it's your wedding or not, right? Right, right, right. It could be, uh, oh my gosh, I, I get to talk to, whatever, whoever, or I get to go to whatever event. And so I think there is certain, there's a certain trigger that kind of sets that off. Like that makes you feel like, okay, I'm really excited about building my dream life. And so I would, I would wonder what that is. What was the trigger? And then I would go back to that. Like, what was that final, like the horse that broke the camel's back? Like what fine or the straw that broke the camel's back? What's the thing that finally got them to make this decision? Yeah, exactly. All right, so they just lost their job or they just lost a really stressful case or you know something something along those lines. They know that what they've been doing isn't working. Like how do they how do they start down this path? How do they craft the right guide to be get a dream life for them? Yeah, I think oftentimes we get like so much pressure to find our passion, like the all the right answers, because we're used to it. We're we're used to being the ones who are providing the answers for other people. So it's very unstable and jarring for us to like not have any answers. And so we have to kind of flip that around and get in the mindset of like, actually, we're supposed to be asking the right questions, not finding the right answers. Because when you Ooh. ask the right questions, then you can't avoid the right answers. And so and when I'm talking about right answers, it's about answers that align with you. And I think when it comes like in terms of like finding your passion, it becomes clearer and clearer when you address the problems that are already existent in your life. Because there are so many instances where we ignore all of the noise, all of the issues. Like there is like, you know, starting with um, that the, 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 the Amazon package that arrived like three weeks ago that you still haven't opened <laughs> and, or like the, 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 the corner underneath your desk that you still haven't like cleaned up or something like that. And so there are already a lot of problems that we already are facing that we're ignoring that we haven't yet addressed yet. And I think it starts there. It starts with living right now in the moment. What are some ways that I can solve problems right now? Because once you start taking that action, 
like immediately because you already have the answers to those problems that already exist. Then you start finding answers to bigger questions like, okay, what did this problem solving process teach me? So in essence, from your perspective, it's like solve some of the little things and then you'll start getting in that mindset to figure out the bigger things. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to like start with small things if you don't want to either. I think it all boils down to like, what do you actually want to do? Right. And then the problem is we don't really know what we want to do. And so if you need to ask bigger questions, like, okay, what is my biggest pain point right now? Okay. I lost my job. That's like the biggest pain point right now. And so what can I do about that pain? How can I solve that problem? I need to first ask myself, do I need another job? And if the answer is yes, how can I create that path? How have I uh, found my dream job before? Or how have I found a job before? And who has a job that is my dream job? Can I talk to them? Can I ask them how they got there? And so it's, it's all, it also kind of like once you figure out the biggest problem or like a pain point that you want to solve, it's about asking again, right, the right questions and then asking for help and answering those questions. And it's kind of a trap too, because so many of us are used to having answers and being self-sufficient, but in that process of finding your passion and building your dream life, you have to get used to asking for help. So it's interesting, you know, we're talking dream life, we're talking dream job, but like, what does that really mean? You know, I, I talk to lawyers all the time about, you know, think about how much money you want to make, but also think about how many hours you work, think about what kind of work you're actually doing. Like, what are some other of those questions to really help you figure out what is the dream for you? Because like your dream job might be my nightmare job. My dream job might be the worst thing that you've ever had to do. You know, we just don't know. Absolutely. And I think I, I struggled with this a lot when I was kind of like I, I when I just graduated from law school and I was like, OK, what exactly is my dream job? And so when like in my, my current job, for example, it's like not a Fortune 500 company. I'm not like I'm not like this associate general counsel. I'm I'm corporate counsel. I am uh, I'm like a just a normal attorney. <laughs> so and so is it's any like, attorney really normal though? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so people, you know, from if you look at my resume, people might be like, oh, I don't want to just be a corporate counsel. I want to be a general counsel, and I want to be one at a Fortune 500 company. Or people might be like, well, I actually want to earn like ten times more than that. Or I want to work at a big law firm and uh, uh, whatever, whatever, and become a partner, whatever it is, right? And so if if that's what you want, then be clear about why you want it. Because like, for example, I went into law school for all the wrong reasons. I went into law school because I wanted to make money, because I wanted to please other people. And so when I went into to, like law school for the wrong reasons, I wasn't motivated enough. So I had this like very average GPA that didn't land me any jobs. And like, it's not even just because of my GPA. I just really didn't have any clear direction on what I wanted. And so when I did kind of like uh, uh, check out like the different jobs that are available and then finally arrived at this one, I knew that it was my dream job for me because the people matter the most, the people that I work with, the people that I work for. And um, kind of knowing that when I was interviewing, I knew that like my boss was like the most incredible person I've ever seen. And so I knew that that was the right fit. I don't care about anything else. And so when people ask me, okay, well, how are you able to balance like being a parent, like building your business and being a lawyer, all of that stuff? 
the number one thing that I cite is my boss because he's the kind of person who is flexible with me. He is, um, he also has so many interests outside of the law. And so he gets it. And, um, it's just, it's just not the kind of lawyer that you see every day. And so, uh, what is your dream job? Like, what is the one thing that you're looking for? And it could be people, it could be a salary, it could be subject matter, or it could even be something very kind of elusive as like feeling, how do you want to feel every day going into your job and what's going to help you feel that way? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I chuckled a little bit when you said that you went to law school for the wrong reasons, not because it's funny, but because it's so common. Like yeah. there are so many people that, you know, the uh, U.S. news and reports or whatever the thing is was like, oh, the average salary for lawyers coming out of here is $150,000. So, you know, you go into debt 100000 you make it back and then turn to find out, you know, you get out of and all you can find is jobs like 40, 50, 60. And, um, and you're constantly chasing that more money, even though like money isn't necessarily the actual driving force for most people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess the question becomes like, I think it's, it's almost easier to know that you're not in the right spot than it is to know that you are in the right spot. Am I correct in that? Easier to know that you're not in the right spot. Yeah. Because I think, I think we kind of, uh, have trouble with gratitude. Um, generally, I mean, I have trouble with gratitude sometimes, like, even if everything seems, seems good, I'm like, oh, like, why is this happening? Oh, like, screw this kind of thing. And so like, it's easy for us to complain. So yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> well, but even like you, you know, uh, uh, somebody posted this thing that I thought was so insightful. They're like, if the newspaper only came out every 50 years and they posted this before COVID, so it would be different now, but like in 2019, it would be like, you know, um, uh, living wage, highest ever, infant mortality, lowest ever, you know, it'd be all these positive things. But because it comes out every day, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, a bunch of people died in a fire. Oh, there was a shooting. Oh, there was, you know, this terrible thing that happened. And I think a job like it's the same. It's it's similar because it's really easy to go in and have a bad day. It's really hard to go in and have a string of, you know, 30 years worth of really good days. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. I think when we're dealing with, when we're dealing with like how to be happy, generally speaking, um, I think the question is like, what do I deserve? What am I worthy of? I think a lot of the times we have a problem where even with like law school going into it for the wrong reasons, we're like all googly eyed with um, all the, like the money, like the six figure salary. But like, what if, what if you deserve more? What if you're worthy of just an infinite infinite resources, whether it's money, time, energy, whatever it is. And so, uh, but then we're kind of trained to believe, okay, this is your, this is your ceiling, six figure salary. This is your ceiling and a uh, six figure salary with unhappiness. That is what you deserve because you went to law school and that's actually a good thing. So you should be happy. Why are you not grateful? That's kind of like the voice that keeps coming up uh, in our head. But then what, like, again, that question, what if we deserve more? And once we believe that we deserve more, then we start looking for ways to create that path to design that life where we are having all that we ever wanted without feeling guilty about it. So I have a question. We keep coming back to money, you know, going to law school, thinking we make a bunch of money, thinking that we deserve a certain salary, even if we're miserable. Is it always money that's the problem here? Or is that just the most common difficulty that people have in terms of lawyers having their dream life? 
No, I don't think so. I talk about money because I want to normalize talking about money, number one. And number two, it's a very measurable thing. So it's like, it's, it's kind of easy to talk about it almost. But there are the ones you talked about having the wrong feeling with work or not doing the right practice area. I mean, there are, there are other reasons, although I'm with you. Money is definitely, I think, the most common one. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but, but I think money is still, still energy. And, um, and what I mean by that is like the primary thing that we need to be focusing on is the feeling like, is all, is all this money giving you, you an amazing feeling? Like if it's not, then that's, that's not the issue. If it's the flexibility or lack of lack thereof, that's giving you this like a certain kind of strong feeling, then that's your go-to. But, but at the same time that can change. And what I was saying is that you can have everything. You can have time and flexibility and a great team to work for or work with or whatever. Like you get to decide, like say it out loud, like what exactly is it that you want? And then you'll be given that. And I know that sounds so simple, but then the problem that I see is that we don't even make the effort to say it out loud, to write it down, like what we really want because we're so afraid that we won't get it. We're so afraid that we're going to be judged by it. And so we're not going to get it because other people is, are getting in the way of us getting what we want. And so I, I would just say, encourage, I would just encourage other people to write down just what comes to mind first and stop obsessing about what is the right answer or what should be the right answer or what's gonna have like the best judgment from other people because whether whatever the hell you do you're gonna be judged either way yeah and it's interesting because i i'm i'm right there with you like that whole um like asking you shall receive and stuff like i don't really think that you put it out in the universe and that makes it come back to you but i think that by you repeating it to yourself and by you writing it down and by you really internalizing it it becomes second nature when it comes to like a million decisions that get you closer to that that's exactly just, right. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's so fascinating to me how you're right. Like we almost have this like guilt or fear of asking for what we really want. And therefore we like hedge all of our decisions and hedge all of our bets to put us farther and farther away from what makes us truly happy. Yeah. And I think it goes back to um, kind of daring to, to dream big. Like I remember there's this documentary about this, like kind of, very uh, a skilled baseball player, like I think world 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 something um, record whatever, and there was a documentary on him. Like everybody's asking, okay, well, how do you become the best baseball player in the world? And he says, well, everything that I do ever is for that reason. What time I wake up, what I eat in the morning, how much I train, how much I spend time with family, every single decision that I make is for that singular goal of becoming a better baseball player. And so again, it doesn't have to be like whatever your goals are, it doesn't have to be uh, confined by whatever other people are. Like if you're a lawyer right now and like you have that like undeniable dream that you want to be a baseball player and you wanna improve every day, you don't have to play for the World Series tomorrow. You can start doing that with your kid in, the, in your backyard and start there. So what advice or guidance do you have for that lawyer who knows they're in the wrong spot? Like we, you know, we've written down what we want. We know it's not what we currently have. 
but we can't leave our current job for financial reasons or, you know, like what, what are the most common hangups that prevent people from making those changes? I think the first question I would ask is what is this experience? What is this frustration teaching you? And so it could teach you a lot of different things. It could be teaching you that really you're truly genuinely, like you just keep going back to the notion that you're not meant for the legal profession and you're still not certain, then you're still in your head. And if you want to get out of your, out of your head, yeah, you can do meditation workout or whatever, but there are people who went through the same struggles and they are people who went, came out the other side. So kind of going back to what I was saying, like in the beginning, ask for help, ask questions. And so like, who are those people that have gone the journey that you have, that, that you aspire to, to walk on and figure out like, what are the decisions that they've made? I think that's, that's like the number, number one question. And number two is what is this actually giving you that you otherwise would not have? And so we really need to kind of like tune into, I know that gratitude is such an overused term and like people are like, they, their, their eyes roll when they even hear the word, <laughs> but it's, it's something that we can all improve on infinitely. And so the more you, like, if you are like struggling today, I'm like talking to the listeners or viewers or whoever, like if you, right now, like you're struggling to really find the light of the day, like I encourage you to ask the question, what is this actually still giving you? Like when you're in the middle of a storm and you see the storm, it's really hard to notice the jacket that you're wearing, to notice the, the shoes that, that are keeping your feet warm. But like, how can we do that right now? And the third thing is, again, going back to, the, the whole deserving, the worthiness thing. Like really ask yourself that question. Like, are you deserving of, of this current difficult situation right now? Like if it's like an abusive workplace, right? Is that what you deserve? Is that what you deserve? Like really think about it because 90, we 95% of our brain is a subconscious and 5% of the brain is the conscious, right? And so even though our consciousness is like, okay, like, for example, uh, if you're in an intense setting, uh, maybe big law or whatever, and like the 5% of your consciousness is like, okay, I need to quit. Like, I'm miserable. Like, this is not sustainable. Like, it's too much work. I don't have uh, the kind of life that I want. I need, I need change. But that's the 5% of your consciousness. But the 95% of the consciousness, if it's telling you, well, lawyers are supposed to suffer. Like, you deserve suffering in order to earn money or in order to earn respect, in order to earn prestige, you have to suffer. But it, so if that is in your subconscious, that's controlling 95% of your brain. So that 5% of consciousness of that desire to change is not going to go anywhere. And so take a look at your subconscious. What is it really telling you and how can you flip it around so that it's guiding you in the right direction? Which is so sad because like you hear all these stories of these attorneys that are like, I need to keep my head down and work hard and make partner and then it'll be great. And then you make partner and it's not any different. And then you're like, well, what if I make the next, you know, senior partner instead of junior partner and you do it and it's not any different. And the next thing you know, it's like 20, 25 years down the road and you've been miserable the entire time. Yeah. So I guess, I, I mean, the issue for me is, and I guess this comes back to money. Like I, the, one of the biggest reasons not to leave the current job is salary, is money, is finances, is family. So is your recommendation for attorneys in that perspective to try and like start a, like a side hustle 
get them more of that, their passion into the work or like is what, what are some options they have there? Yeah, I think you have a lot of options. Um, side hustle is one of them. I thought that was the only option that I had at the time when I started my side hustle. So that's what I did. But then later I realized like there are things like IRAs, <laughs> there are things like stocks, there are things like, you know, putting your money in the right bank with the right bank, things like that. And so, um, you know, if money is the only thing that you want, then, then talk to a money expert because they're going to be able to tell you, okay, this is how you earn a lot of money. But if you're like interested in like project-based passion, or even if like, it doesn't even have to be passion. Like I really, I really don't want to add to the pressure where we have to find this passion that's going to drive our heart and all of that stuff. It's about, again, solving that problem. Like for me, when I started my side hustle, um, I was really obsessed with finding my passion. So I was like on YouTube at like four o'clock in the morning, like what the hell is my passion? But fortunately, I found a YouTube video that asked me the right question, <laughs> which was find your passion and your biggest pain. What's your biggest pain? And for me, it was first coming to the States for college because I grew up in South Korea and then going through an eating disorder for seven years because of the culture shock. And when I overcame all of that with like exercise and stuff like that, I was like, you know what? I think, I think that was my biggest pain because it really took a long time to get over it. So why don't I start there? Why don't I start there? I know I'm pretty okay with exercise. I'm gonna get certified in personal training, walk into a gym, ask them to hire me, force them to hire me, and then work there for a few months. And then maybe even put up my own shingle, see a few clients, see how that goes and um, see what it's like for me. And that's what I did. And I realized, okay, I kind of like working with lawyers because like they get me, I get them. And so then it just kind of like evolves. I really think that there is this obsession of, of finding that like right away. I mean, justifiably so. I'm extremely impatient myself as well. But I think that um, in order to go faster, you do need to slow down. And that's by asking the right questions. And that's been sort of the... I don't know, I, I guess positive side of everything that we've been going through over the last year or so is I think people have had one, potentially more time or two, certainly a lot more external influencers to force them to pivot. And a lot of people have been able to use that pivot to be closer to what they really want. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself that space. So what during this journey, because I mean, I, I'm with you here. I think you like your dream life probably constantly changes, or at least you have to be open to it changing. What are some of the biggest mistakes though, that people make, like not asking the right questions, going too quickly, like what else? Um, like the biggest, biggest thing that I see is not being open-minded. It's about kind of like, well, I, I'm, uh, I've, I'm, I've been in the law for like 20 years, so I know more than you. <laughs> Because uh, if that's the road that you're going to travel, then it, that's the road you're going to travel. Um, it's so interesting because all of my clients are older than me. Every single one of them older than me. Maybe I think maybe one is younger than me, but they're all older than me because I only work with people who are open minded. People who are not open minded, people who are like, OK, um, I like I already know this stuff. I already know like mindfulness and like. Uh, 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 manifestation and like the, all the spiritual kind of BS. Like, like I, I get it, I know it, but I just it's just not for me um, because like I have preconceived notions about like uh, what what 
how we live life and that's just going to be how I do it. <laughs> so in those cases, then like I see them kind of being in the same spot for, for a long time and just not going anywhere. And I think that is the biggest mistake that people make. Yeah. It's always interesting when you get the, like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing, but I know that what you're selling isn't right for me. And I'm not even open to thinking about changing, even though I know I hate what I'm currently going through, but that yeah. is the mindset of a lot of people. Yeah. And so when I see those instances, it's like, okay, this, this is an opportunity for me to be more open-minded about how I can be better at the messaging and how I can take responsibility for the conversation that we just had. Because if I know for a fact, like that I can help transform <laughs> that person's life and I didn't communicate that enough or more effectively, then it's, it's on me. And so um, then, I, then I have to then start on this other path of like reflection and making sure that I look at my mistakes and what I've done. And yeah. so I think, I think, I think I got to practice, like we all can practice open-mindedness uh, on a daily basis better. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess the hardest, again, I go back to like the, it's easier to know when things aren't working. But like, how do you know that you are getting closer to that dream life? Is that just, is it a feeling? Is it that you feel better? Or are there like certain things that you can see to decide that you are getting closer to what you've been working towards? Yeah, I think it is a feeling. I think inspiration in action. Like the more you act, I think like an action is an indication of progress, whatever action it is. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like you, you find yourself in the exact same place as yesterday or last month or whatever, but the difference between person A and person B who took the exact same actions and have stayed the exact same spot on month two, the difference is like the first person would be like, okay, uh, I failed and I'm going to stop there. And then I'm just going to go back to conventional wisdom and do what I'm supposed to do. And the other person can be like, okay, what did I learn from this? What is this teaching me? And how can I take these lessons to actually ask better questions so that I can build a better life? And so it's just this constant, it's just that constant pushing towards better each day. Not like, okay, I've arrived here. It's my best life. I'm done. Um, Tony Robbins says something like, uh, people don't necessarily like, they're not actually looking for happiness. What they're actually craving is growth because like, let's say, okay, you become a millionaire, you won the lottery and you can quit your job. You can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Like how many success stories have we heard from lottery winners? <laughs> right? Zero. It's like you're not real. Exactly. Like you're not, you're not ready for that because you, you didn't really know that that was really the life that you wanted. And so it's about the incremental progress and putting in the effort to make that progress each day. Hey, Angela, if you want to give me the winning lottery, lottery ticket, I promise you, I will be the first success story from that uh, $100 million or so winnings or whatever it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I know you had mentioned like, you know, looking back a month later, is that a recommended, is that a recommended time period? Or like how often should you be checking on your progress and, and that's probably not even the right word but that's what's coming to mind yeah what well I, I can share what i do and what i other people is um 
every single day I write my three impossible goals and I, I, I kind of, again, I look at my feelings and like, okay, do I feel good about this? Or is this like, it's just like kind of icky or is this like, I don't think I'm aligned with it anymore or whatever it is. And me the measure for me is interesting. Yes, I do like a monthly kind of check in, like what went well, what didn't go well, what can I do better, all of that stuff. But for me, like you said, is the feeling. And if I feel great about it, about what I'm doing, then I do more of it. And then I take more action. And so for me, an indicator of progress is like, okay, I feel comfortable in all of the action steps I'm taking. And all the things that I plan for, I am still moving towards it. Like if I am still moving towards it, even if it's a tiny baby step today and a big leap forward tomorrow, I am still moving forward. And so if I am, if I feel called to do that, and if I feel aligned to do that, then yes, I'm on the right track. While on the other hand, if I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just don't know the point of this. I don't know the point of this at all. Like I don't think that I'm, really tapping into my zone of genius. I don't think that I'm really serving anybody in this, in this process. Like, why am I doing this? Right? Like if that's the feeling you take no action, maybe that's not the right path for you. But again, at that juncture, I would ask, like, I would suggest that you talk to other people because I've been in that position so many times. And again, I'm still in my head. And so I rely on my support system, my coaches, my therapists, my family, friends, all of that stuff, my professional network, I talk to them and then I'm open about it because how can you diagnose, diagnose like what's going on if you don't really have all the facts? So that's what I would do. Ask for help so you can reflect better. So it sounds like, oh, hold on one second. Uh, Breezy, looks like I'm off the feed. Okay. So, um, it sounds like you're almost taking like a you're you're almost checking on yourself every day with these goals to make sure that you're still on the right path. Yeah, I think so. I, is there any? Because to me, I and and this is my my two cents that are worth less than two cents. It. What do you tell people that feel like that's going to be too much for them? Like that's going to be too much of a burden for them to be asking themselves this every day. Yeah, I think that it's a, only a burden if you feel like it's a burden because it's not really, uh, it doesn't really move your heart. Like for me, it's like if I have to check in with myself every day to be excited about it. Like if I am taking action every day, that's because like I don't take any, any anything for granted. And so um, it's not too much for me. But if it is too much for you and you want to kind of start small, then by all means, like go quarterly or go weekly or whatever it is that feels feels right for you. Right. So like, I think for example, uh, a weight loss is a good example, right? Like if you're trying to lose weight, like when you're starting off weighing yourself every single day, that's like, that's, oh my gosh, like what, that's too much. Cause you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But if you, and so like people recommend like you, you weigh yourself like every other week or every other week or whatever. Not that I necessarily subscribe to the whole notion of weight loss to begin with, but as something as an easy example, Gotcha. but for me, yeah. Like for me though, I, 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 it's not like I intentionally measure progress. It's like, okay, how do I feel today? If I feel great, then I I'm on the right track. That's really the extent of my checking my progress. <laughs> well, but it's interesting because like at the point that you are doing all this intentionally and doing this for your own personal benefit, 
then really like that everyday check is like reigniting that spark to get you to keep going. Yeah. And I'm, and the thing is though, like I'm human too. So I can't be excited every day. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. Like if I, if there was anybody who really woke up every single day, so damn excited, like I'm very interested to, to learn more about them. Um, but it's like, there are days when like, wow. I mean, the other day I was just like lying in bed for half an hour and like my whole day was like delayed half an hour. And then the next day I'm like, okay, I, get on, get, get up uh, out of bed on time just as alarm starts. And so it's like every day can change. And I think it's about being okay um, with those fluctuations too. All right. So as we get towards the end here, I mean, are there any, there any guidance or insight that we haven't gone over or anything else you want to make sure that we cover? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, not a problem. Uh, that means I'm doing yeah. my job. I asked the right questions. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. So then um, our next episode, that's going to air next Monday. So that is March 1st at 1.30. We're going to have Devon Slavinsky come in to talk about how you create organic community visibility, how to create organic community visibility, which I think will be a very interesting thing as we continue to talk about the different ways that attorneys become super successful. But Angela, I'm not going to let you go yet. I got to give you the, the final nugget of wisdom. So on this show, again, we're talking about exhibit A attorneys, what it takes to be the exhibit A of a successful attorney. So if somebody's listened to this for the last 40 minutes or so, and they remember nothing that you said, except this one thing right here, what is the biggest piece of advice, the most important takeaway, the key to becoming successful? Yeah. Like I was thinking about that. Like, as you're saying, as I go exhibit a, oh my gosh, it's been such a while since I heard that anywhere, maybe like on TV, cause I'm not a trial lawyer, <laughs> but it's like exhibit a indicates, like you said, it's the most compelling evidence of the case that you're trying to prove. And so at the end of the day, you are the person who needs to prove that you need, you're the person who needs to find that evidence. And so to you, what is speaking out to you the most? What is the thing that is proving your point your point that your dream life, life is possible. And so, like I said, like, like we kind of discussed, like tap into that feeling, like are your hands shaking? Is your heart beating? Take a moment to, to feel that. And if you don't feel anything, like maybe that's also something is a message too. But if you feel like if none of it is a message, then like kind of do whatever you want. Like there are no right answers and give it some time instead of forcing the answers right away. But yeah, I love like that. you said, find find the most compelling evidence for your dream life yeah there are there are no right answers and and i think what's what's what works for everybody and even more than that what's right for someone is not right for everyone exactly all right so we have fit to practice society.com we've got your linkedin here uh and your instagram what do you have coming up how can people be more in touch with you how can they get more wisdom from you I think LinkedIn, I am, that's, that's my primary way of connecting with my community and my network. And so hope to see you there. All right. Fantastic. We've got the link here in the comments. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Is that it? Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of a successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.